You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Can you turn us down just a little bit, please? The Apostle Paul writing here, he says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. we read it one more time. I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to minister for just a moment. Such a simple, simple word, but it's something been in my spirit all week long. I'm going to preach a subject and not quite the text. I'm not going to go into a lot of depth right here. But I want to preach this subject, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for what you've already done here this morning. Lord, lives have been touched. People have been altered, God. They have been rested and refreshed. And for that, God, we are grateful. That's not a work of man. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we give you praise for that, Lord. God, as we deliver your word this morning, I pray that you would open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and anoint our lips, my lips, God, to deliver your already anointed word. I pray, God, that you would help us, God, to apply it to our life. And, Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ that you would do a work that I cannot do. And, Lord, I, I'll make sure that you get all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. not a surprise to, to anyone today, I'll start out this way, but it's not a surprise to anyone that the world that we live in is full of some major problems. Amen? You know, I was thinking this morning, and it's not something that I intend to, to uh, travel down and, and spend a lot of time on, but it's almost that the world that we live in is a world uh, that has given up a world that has thrown their hands up in the air and just chosen to quit. I see people that are having to shut down businesses. There's no desire to work any longer. People that are having to change the, the operation of their business because they can't get any help. It seems like today there's a lot of quit in the world. A lot of uh, folks that's just giving up. And I want you to know, and I, I want to elaborate for just a little bit and then uh, get back to the text here. But everywhere we turn, we are faced with great discouragement. Everywhere we turn, we are faced with discouragement. Are you here this morning? Help me for just a little bit, and I, I won't be before you long. All the news that you turn on on your television, and I don't care what channel it is, you ever notice that all they can, all they can report is bad news? They have no good news. It's all bad news. It's everything because that's what people feed off of. And people are, in the natural, they begin to soak this bad news up. And it beats, builds fear in the heart of every person that begins to listen to that. At some point, I want you to understand to the believer, I'm not up here telling you what to do or what to watch. But I am telling you to be cautious because if you continue to watch and to feed upon bad news, it is very unhealthy to the spiritual state of the believer. Amen? 
No matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long that you've lived for God, that you have walked with God, we have to be cautious to allow anything in this life to begin to build doubt and unbelief because we're not that holy. We're not that close to God yet. Amen? All of us are subject to, be, uh, to begin to doubt and to begin to not believe the things of the Lord. And we must guard our, whole, our, our heart and our spirit from these things in the world. We know that according to the text, if we begin to look in Revelation, we begin to look at the teaching of Jesus Christ, that I'm not trying to be a downer. I promise you I'm going to give hope, but i I got to be truthful and real with you first. We know that things are not going to get better. According to the Word of God, things will wax worse and worse. We are living in the day where men are calling good evil, and they're calling evil good. We're living in a day where men, they have no idea what true love really is. If I tell you something that could be harmful or hurtful to you and, and that rubs you wrong, well, you don't love me. No, sometimes we warn because we love you. But we're living in a day where that is misinterpreted. But I want you to know that even though things are waxing worse and worse, we still pray for our nation. I hope that you're praying for the United States of America. Because we're believing God for mercy and we're believing God for grace. And even though we know things are coming down the pike pretty quick, we still are asking God for an open door to be able to reach the lost. Our family, those that don't know Jesus, we still must be a voice that is crying in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord. We don't quit praying just because we know that it's coming. Elijah was commanded by the Lord to tell Ahab it will not rain for three years in the book of Hebrews. Uh, it implies that Abraham, even though he knew it, Elijah prayed every single day, God hold off the rain. Uh, I want you to know as Americans, we ought to be praying even though we know the rapture's coming. Even though we know judgment's coming, you ought to be praying, God hold the judgment off another day that I might reach my family and my friends for the kingdom of God. It's all about souls, and that's what it must remain about. Just because we know scripturally things are unfolding according to God's plan, it doesn't mean to throw our hands up in the air and give up and quit. The prince of this world, we know as Satan, is truly working overtime in this hour. You know what I'm seeing? Where Jesus said if it would be possible to deceive the very elect, I'm seeing the very elect being deceived. I know preachers that used to stand up, and I've listened to them preach. I've sat back in the congregation, and I could feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit as God was working through them. I visited with one, not, I mean, it's been a little bit ago, I, I'll say the other day, because I don't know how long it was. And he flat told me, he said, I'm ashamed, but I put my Bible up on the top shelf. I haven't pulled it down in a long time. I don't even want to read the scripture. This is a man that used to be anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit that I've watched as he preached. And people would be saved and people would be changed. He's one of the very elect that the devil has deceived. And I want you to know today, to those that are called, to those that are laymen, to the man, the woman, those that are the head of the house, to the marriage, to the children 
relationship to mom and dad. I, I just want to take a moment. This is not my message, but it's in my spirit. Let me warn you and let me caution you. The enemy, the deceiver, the very prince of this world is out to kill and to steal and to destroy. He won't stop till he's got your marriage. He won't stop till he's got your children. He won't stop till he's got your spouse. He wants to destroy your home. I come to tell you this morning, pay attention. Open your eyes. He's coming for you. And without our faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross of Calvary, He will succeed. I want to tell you that today, church, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the discouragement, and in the midst of the destruction, in the midst of the bad news that all they know to report and all that they know to feed upon because that's what people want. I want to tell you this morning, uh, even in the condition that the world is today, uh, there remains some good news. uh, And the good news that remains uh, is the good news uh, of Jesus Christ, the message of Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you, I want to present to you today, and nothing you haven't heard, but present to you the gospel of Jesus Christ because there is good news still in this book. There's still good news. You know what? I was thinking about all of the destruction. I was thinking about this yesterday. Don't get scared. I'm not going to sing it. The song Brother Shay sings, and everything that is going on, I, I visited, I sat down and visited with Pastor Brian a few things. Sometimes I just need to vent and he's a good sounding ear sounding board sometimes and we sat down on his front porch and we, we just had a little discussion and I, I said, you know, it's just some things that people don't see. People don't understand. People don't realize and, and he said, I know it. I know it. I know it. And we just visited for a little while. But you know, when I left, I was thinking, Jesus is with me. When the storm clouds gather, he's still standing by my side. When I hear the thunder roll, Hallelujah. He's still with me. We get to that song, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me. Sometimes i got to remind myself, Jesus is with me. Oh, I hear the storm clouds. Uh, I hear the thunder roll. Uh, but I know for a truth that Jesus is still with me today. The gospel of Jesus Christ. No particular order, but I feel it's needful to remind us today to turn our attention back to the gospel and not to the distractions And the fear of this world. To turn our attention back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know come tomorrow morning. No matter what I preach and what I bring. Come tomorrow morning. The majority of the church will give no thought to what was preached on Sunday morning. (laughs) But we don't quit preaching. And we don't quit reminding. And we don't quit warning and cautioning people. Because I want to recall some highlights this morning concerning the gospel. My hope is building our faith in Christ today. Building our faith in Christ today. i got to say this and I've got to move on. It's always a special time when the Holy Spirit stops as He did an interrupted service this morning. Amen. I'm going to be plain like Brother Brian, Pastor Brian was, but I want to tell you, not everybody that came that needed to come and let the Lord move up on them. But, you know, that's between you and the Lord. We're not here to force. We're not here to pull. We're here to say there's hope in Jesus. And we're here to help you, and we're here to pray for you. But I want you to know this morning I've learned to pay attention to times such as that when the Lord stops by. Because it's those times when there is a great accumulation of needs and when the hearts of God's people are truly heavy. 
It's times when you preach your heart out and people are quiet that they are truly burdened down by things. It's hard to reach. It's hard to press in when the weight of this world is truly pressing you down. But I also know that it's those times when the anointing of the Holy Spirit is greater. And it begins to, begins to implant that truth in our heart and in our life. So I'm just here this morning. I'm just a messenger in hopes of building your faith in Christ today. If you don't make another sound, I promise you this morning, it's not going to bother me. But I'm just here in hopes of building your faith back in Christ. In Matthew chapter number 4, there's a couple of things I want you to see in verse number 23. It's the first time that the gospel is mentioned. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And I want to tell you, don't don't let it be confusing. And if somebody comes to you like they have me and try to separate the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Paul, the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, don't don't that's going to be moments in your life that you'll never get back. Don't let the gospel be complicated. Jesus, the Apostle Paul, they was not separated, bringing to us two different gospels. The gospel of the kingdom is not separate than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just let it be plain in your spirit, in your mind. He came and he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is he was proclaiming the good news of what he has done. There's two things that is specific here that I want you to understand and want you to know. First of all, you cannot separate Jesus Christ from the gospel. You can't separate Jesus Christ from the gospel. There is but one gospel and there is but one good news that we need to hear. And that is what Jesus done for us on the cross cross of Calvary. The second thing that I want you to see here, watch this. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. You cannot separate also the gospel being presented, uh, 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 being accompanied with the power that will follow. The gospel is always about Jesus and the true gospel will always be powerful. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a dead gospel. It's not a powerless gospel. If you're going somewhere, and I mean this with all respect, and the gospel is not preached and presented powerful, then you're only getting half of a gospel. The gospel is meant to be powerful. It's meant to cut. It's meant to prick your heart. It's meant to move you. It's meant to draw you. The gospel is able to heal. The gospel is able to deliver. The gospel is able to set you free. But the gospel is not a powerless gospel. It is full of the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't separate these two things. It will always be of Jesus and it will always be accompanied with power. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 4 and verse number 5, I want you to see this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. All of these things again, it was because Jesus was preaching. You can't separate the gospel from Jesus and also watch what all happened. You can't separate the gospel from the power of the Holy Ghost moving upon that great word of truth. And then he said, he ended with this, and you tell them that the gospel, that the poor have the gospel preached unto them. The word poor here literally means the beggar. 
The word poor here literally means the person that is empty. The person that is knocked down. The person that is ready to quit. The person that has, let me just put it like this. Uh, he means as a type, the beggar, the leper that was sitting begging. The leper was an outcast. They was put outside the city. And you know why they was put outside? Because they didn't want to get affected by leprosy. What were they waiting on? They were just waiting on them to die and to shut up. They were waiting on them to die and to shut up. And if they put them outside of the city, it was easier for those that lived in the city to forget about them and for them to be a thought of the past. I want you to know this morning, Jesus said, when the disciples of John come, He said, you go tell John all of these things happen and the poor is having the gospel preached to them. In other words, you tell John those that everybody has forgot about, the man that is an outcast, the woman that is an outcast. Those that are there waiting to their die, you tell them, I've gone to them. I've preached to them because I will include them in the gospel also. You see, Jesus doesn't overlook anybody. <laughs> we do. Come on, I'm just going to be real with you again. How many is rope? I mean, just how many? I shouldn't have said that. Let me say this. I don't know how many times that in my mind I've had the thought, they'll never get saved. They'll always be like they are. They're the town drunk or they're a thief. They're not worthy of this. They're not worthy. I ain't going to go talk to them because I'll spend my time with somebody else. I want you to know to those that were cast out was the ones that Jesus went to. He had sat by an adulterer on the well all by herself. He would find the sick man at the palsy that everybody left and walked away from. I want you to know you do matter to God. You are special to God. He loves you and he cares about you and the gospel is for you today in Mark chapter 11 we're not going to turn to the rest of these there's a woman came with an alabaster box she just runs into the meeting breaks the, 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 breaks the seal on the alabaster box of anointment begins to pour upon Jesus' feet takes her hair and begins to cleanse his feet Judas is mad he's mad that's an expensive box of oil. We could have used that, sold it, and, and done something with the poor, which was not his intention anyway. He was mad. And Jesus said, as long as the gospel is preached, this will be voiced and this will be included. When I begin to look at that, what does that mean? When that woman came in, she was doing what they did for those that had already died. She was anointing him with the alabaster oil as if he had already died. When she began to wash his feet with her hair, she was humbling herself. And she was washing as she was preparing for his death and also his resurrection. When Jesus said, as long as the gospel is preached, this shall always be voiced. What he was saying was this, as long as the gospel is preached, my death will be preached and my resurrection will be preached. And any God gospel without the death of Christ is not the gospel at all. With any gospel without the resurrection is not the gospel at all. Any gospel without the blood is not the gospel at all. Any gospel without power is not the gospel at all. I want you to know the gospel of Jesus Christ will include His death, burial, and resurrection. And yes, He is coming back for the church. But it's not the gospel. 
It's not the gospel. Now, I said that to say this, and I'm going to help you a little bit. Pay attention to who you listen to. Pay attention to who you hear. The word of faith doctrine has gone so far that they don't even preach and teach in regards to salvation. They just want you to talk positively so that you can begin to feel good again. That's what the word of faith doctrine has dived into. I want you to know if there's no preaching on sin, there's nobody getting saved. You can feel good and talk positive and still be separated from God. It's not the gospel. I don't care if he says he is a preacher. It's not the gospel. I don't care if he's in a church. It's not the gospel. The gospel will include the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's not the gospel of Jesus. Acts 20, he says it's the gospel of grace. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of grace. Pay attention. Not a gospel of law. Not a gospel of works. It's not a gospel of religion. <laughs> it's not a gospel of denomination. I'm just preaching what he said. Well, where does all these things come? Well, look, I'll back up because everybody's wondering about works. If you believe right, you will do right. I do believe that if your faith is properly in Christ and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary, you will have a desire for the things of God. But when a church is preaching, you got to do this or you're not holy. You got to dress like this or you're not holy. You got to have, not have this in your house or you're not holy. You can't have facial hair or you're not holy. Listen, let me just be blunt. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of grace. What does that mean? Does that mean everything goes? Absolutely not. The gospel of grace. For where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. So what do we say then? Uh, uh, where grace abound, uh, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid. No. A gospel of grace is this. Uh, I place my faith in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary. And the Holy Spirit starts to work in me to teach me, to lead me, to guide me, and to direct me. The gospel of grace is about relationship. The gospel of grace... It's about me being changed. The gospel of grace is about me being brought closer to Jesus Christ. The law won't do that. Religion won't do that. Denomination won't do that. Dress code won't do that. But the person of the Holy Spirit will do that. It's a gospel of the grace of God. Amen. Gospel of grace. He says this. When it's believed, it will change your life. The Bible is not a storybook. The Bible is not the dead scrolls being recorded and given to us. I, get, I don't know if you can tell. I'm a little tired of people saying that. The Bible is a living word. <laughs> I don't refer to other people later, often. It always seems like our hair stands up on the back of our neck if you drop a name. But I love. I love what Brother Swaggart said one time in a debate. They started to ask him a lot of questions about the Bible. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And he just plainly said, I don't know if you're mentally intellectual enough for me to have this conversation with you. He said, well, what makes you think that? You know nothing about my education. He said, I'm not talking about your education. 
If you don't know Jesus Christ, the author of the book, then it's not going to do me a lot of good to try to dissect Scripture. you got to know the author. I want you to know you can know Scripture. You can quote Scripture. But when you accept the author, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and as your Savior, by Lord, it comes alive in your heart. And you know it's a living word. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. We must know him to understand what he's wrote. It's a gospel that is alive. In Romans 10, he says it's the gospel of peace. The word peace there literally means rest. Man was at odds with God, like two magnets turned around backwards. Man was at odds with God because of sin separating us in the very beginning. And the gospel gives to us the way by which we are back in relationship with Jesus. And that is by faith in Christ and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. I want you to know, you don't have to be at odds with God. You don't have to be at odds with God. He came, he lived, he died. He was buried, he was resurrected. He lives forevermore so that you can be in relationship with him. I want to tell you this morning, if you're not sure about your relationship with Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, you can argue with me till you're blue in the face and it won't do us no, no, no good, any, either one of us any good. But the truth of the matter is, you don't know what true peace is in your heart unless you know Jesus Christ. You don't know what true peace is unless you know Jesus Christ. It's a gospel of peace. There is peace. There's true peace. And you can, listen, you can be right with God. You can be right with God. Galatians chapter 2. Paul said, I've been sent to preach the gospel to the uncircumcised. Peter's been preached, sent the gospel to preach the gospel to the circumcised. There was two main groups of people that were well, they were listed under these two groups. You were either of Israel, a Jew, and you were of the circumcision, or you were anybody else and you were of the uncircumcision. What we see here is these two groups of people. Paul said, Peter, going to go and preach to the circumcised. I'm going to go preach to the uncircumcised, telling us that these two groups of people that would everybody would fall under means this, that the gospel is meant and it is beneficial to anybody and to everybody that has an ear. Let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. Anybody and everybody. It's becoming one of my favorite statements. But anybody and everybody can be free from anything and everything. I got to tell you something this morning that some of you already know. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how far in sin that you've been out. I don't care what you've done. The fact of the matter is the gospel of Jesus Christ, a gospel of power, a gospel of peace is able to change your life this morning. It's able. It went to everybody. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he says it's a glorious gospel. The word glorious there means glorious, it's of reputation. It means it is morally good, it's pure, it's perfect, it's without fault. 
If we want to know what moral standards is according to the Word of God, we've got to get to the Word of God. You cannot go by what the world says. Because they, most of the world today and the world system and the world atmosphere, they don't even know what morals are. I'm preaching good. They don't even know what morals are. They don't know right. They don't know wrong. They don't appreciate. They don't know what just good morals are. If we're going to look at moral standard, Paul told Timothy, this is a glorious gospel. It's morally good. It's pure. The glorious gospel is the good news of Christ. And I want you to know, by seeing some of the videos Sister Cynthia, Brother West bring back, I've come to learn that in third world countries, they cherish this Bible a lot more than America does. They cherish the Bible a lot more than what America does. They cherish the Bible a lot more than what America does. Because as a whole, we got a little spolt. I've had people tell me why... It's going to be hard for you to explain to me why I need God when I've got everything that I want. America as a whole is a land of opportunity. I'm grateful for my nation. I don't want you to take me wrong. I'm thankful for, for the United States of America. But I want you to know when you watch and you begin to look at how they receive the gospel in a third world country when they don't have all of the privileges and all of the, of the things that we have here in America, the gospel is everything to them. And to most of America, the gospel is just something that we include in our life when we are in trouble. And other than that, it's nothing but a book that draws dust. I want you to know this morning, I'm preaching to me too. And I, I, I love to study and I love to look, but I probably don't do it near as much as what I should. I'm preaching me to, to me also. But I want you to know that it's time that America came back to treasure, thus saith the Lord. Uh, come back to treasure the almighty word of God. Uh, come back to treasure the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're seeing just a little bit of it now. And you may think I'm absolutely crazy. I don't care. Uh, people have thought worse of me before. Uh, but as they start little by little taking our freedoms. Uh, I'm, I fear that it will cause us to treasure the Word of God a little bit more. Uh, hey, don't wait. Uh, start to ask God now. God, uh, give me a renewed world love for your Word uh, and a desire to pick up the gospel one more time. It's a glorious gospel. It's pure. It's morally correct. You know what? Parents, you don't got to monitor your children if they're in this book. Is that all right? You don't got to monitor what they're reading in this book. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that alone. I think enough said. In Revelation chapter 14, he says this. I'm going to quit. It's an everlasting gospel. Revelation chapter 14, I believe I studied, I looked, I made some calls because I want to be as correct as I can, of course. It's given to us after the great tribulation and right before the battle of Armageddon. It is given to us as a final plea, a final plea. The events here is after the great tribulation, the first time that we ever see it in Scripture, an angel swoops down to those that remain. And you know what that angel does? Preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, that's in my spirit. As one last final altar call. 
has one last, you know why? It has to be an angel. Because all of those that are saved are already with the Lord. And all of a sudden, that's one. Don't tell me he's not a merciful God. Don't tell me he's not a God that loves us. Has one final altar call. God allows an angel to go down, to swoop down and to preach the gospel right before the battle of Armageddon where the blood will be so deep that it will run as high as the bridles on the horses and an angel swoops down and gives them a gospel that will save their life. I want you to know if we start tracing the gospel, we'll trace it all the way back to the beginning where God made them coats of skin, shed blood, and made them coats of skin to cover their sin. He gave Abraham the revelation by which we could receive, and that was by faith. Abraham, Genesis 15 and 6, believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And then all the way through the Scripture, all the way through the sacrifices, all the way through the sin offerings, it travels. And it gets all the way to the end, Revelation 14, and an angel came down and preached to them the gospel. That's why it's an everlasting gospel. It was good in the past. It's good in the present. It will be good in the future. It was good for grandma. It was good for moms and dads. It's good for your grandchildren. It is everlasting, and it will remain as powerful in the end as it is today. It will never fade away. It's an everlasting gospel. The foundation from the beginning to the end is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is good news. The good news is, you won't hear this on Fox or CNN or ABC. The good news is, is that Jesus is that blood sacrifice that we were looking for. The good news is that to whoever, whosoever places their faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary, you will not perish. You will have everlasting life. The good news is he was the sin offering. He was the seed of a woman. He is everlasting. He has stood the test of time. They've tried to erase him. They tried to put him away. They tried to silence him. They tried to scare him. And they tried to kill him. But I want you to know, he remains today as great as what he ever was. He is everlasting. And his gospel is still effective today. Many today, many today have tried to change the gospel for their own benefit, for their own idea. But the gospel of the Bible is the good news of Jesus. I'm going to put it plain. I want you to listen to me for two more minutes. To be as simple as what I can. In the very beginning, we fell out of relationship with God. You were separated from God. And our eternal destination was a place called hell. Forever separated from the Lord. God wasn't satisfied with you or I being separated from him. I'm giving you the gospel. He wasn't satisfied. So he gave them how that we would be brought back in relationship, and that would be by a blood offering. Why a blood offering? Why a sin offering? Well, because the Bible says there's life in the blood. And the moment that we fell out of relationship with God, we was given death. Listen, teenagers, this is for all of us. We was given death. 
So in order for our death to not be death, God had to put life back. And the only way he could put life back is to take life from a life-giving source. <laughs> and then all the way through the scripture, he's telling men every year, it's in the blood. It's all in the blood. It's all about the blood. When that sin offering is, is, is offered, when the blood is poured out upon the mercy seat, I will roll your sin. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And that's what he's looking for today because there's life in the blood. And all the way through until Jesus shows up and he's the first one to mention the word gospel. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, good news to the world. Good news to mankind. I am the sin offering. I am the perfect one. I am the one you've been looking for. If you'll put your faith and trust in me, uh, I'm going to bring you back in relationship with God as he so desired from the very beginning. Listen, it's good news. Uh, he said it's God. It's a gospel of peace. I'll give you peace. It's a gospel of power. It's a gospel that's everlasting. It's a gospel for anybody. It's a gospel for everybody. Uh, it is the gospel. It is the truth. It's the foundation and the who Whosoever shall believe, they will not perish. So Jesus came. He lived for 33 and a half years. He laid his life down. He was dead. He was buried. He was resurrected. And because he lives, whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, put their faith in him, they shall not perish. So I just come this morning to tell you this. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I offer you life. I offer you peace. I offer you hope. I offer you help. I offer you comfort. I offer you deliverance. I offer you whatever you have need of according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever you're lacking, if you'll place your faith in Jesus, and what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. I don't know what you got need of this morning, but I can tell you boldly, you do not have a need. Listen, you don't have a need that Jesus is not able to supply. That's pretty big. It's <laughs> a pretty big God. We haven't been asked to suffer unto death. We haven't been asked to shed our blood. Jesus went further than what we'll ever have to go. And all we have to do is place our faith in him and what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. I know God's already moved this morning. He's already done a great work. But here's my altar call, and it's very simple. If you're not sure about your relationship with the Lord, I know this is going to be old school. I know this is going to be pretty plain. But it's what I feel this morning. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, would you come? If you need hope this morning, would you come? I'm offering the gospel. If you need peace in your heart this morning, would you come? Come on, if you need deliverance this morning, would you come? I'm not offering you a beggarly element. I'm not offering you a substitute. I'm not giving you a band-aid. I'm giving you the cure, the gospel of Jesus. Come on this morning. You're confused. Would you come? These altars are open. You're here this morning and you're hurting. 
I offer you the gospel. You're here this morning, you're broken. <laughs> I offer you the gospel. You're here this morning, you're a teenager. I offer you the gospel. Come on, would you come? It's a good time to pray. It's a good time to say, Lord, that's what I want this morning. Come on, you're here. You got a need. I offer you the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the answer. For whatever's wrong in your life, Jesus is definitely right for whatever is wrong. Come on, would you come? I offer you the gospel. Would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Come on, as we're standing all across the building, would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? I'm giving you the gospel, the answer. Not a quick fix. It's eternal. It's everlasting this morning. Come on, would you come? Anybody else? We offer you hope. We offer you help. We offer you peace this morning. Come on, would you come? Come on. All right. I mean this respectfully. But you're here this morning. You didn't need to come to an altar. Would you find somebody to pray with? I got men and women up here that need somebody standing behind them. Somebody kneeling beside them with their arm around them. Somebody that knows what it is for the gospel to change their life. Would you come and find somebody and pray with them today? Ask the Lord to touch them. Ask God to help them today. Come on, now's the time to do your duty as a layman. Pray for somebody. Be somebody God can work through today. Would you come this morning? I am thine, O Lord, and I've heard thine voice, and it told thy love of me. Hallelujah. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer. If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.